Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. If we give up our dental plan, I'll have to pay for Lisa's braces. Well, look, in all seriousness, I mean, that, that's something that people have to deal with on a constant basis. Does your insurance coverage cover that dental procedure that you need your kid needs, the braces that your kid needs. And if you don't have employer-provided uh, insurance, well, then what do you do? Are you out of pocket for all of this? Can you find some insurance coverage elsewhere? And why are the costs what they are? How do we determine the cost uh, of a cleaning or braces or all of these other things that dentists provide? Well, the Alberta government's attempting to deal with this. They've introduced today a new dental fee guide. Here's Kendra Slagowski with Global News uh, with uh, an overview of what was announced today. One staggering example, recall exams. Alberta was the only province that did not have dental fee guide. A review by the province revealed some major cost differences. One staggering example, recall exams. Albertans with insurance were paying 146% more than patients in BC. So a fee guide was developed earlier, but the health minister wasn't satisfied. She essentially sent the dental college back to the drawing board. So that brings us to today. The fee guide will be in effect in the new year. And the province says it will, on average, drop the fees of the most common procedures by 8.5%. Well, the college says patients will notice a difference. But again, this fee guide is exactly just that, a guide. It is not mandatory. What it says to me as a consumer when I go in to see my dentist in January is I can say, do you, do you bill in line with a fee guide? And it's something, it's a yardstick for me to be able to use. Okay, so that was Health Minister Sarah Hoffman at the end there saying this is meant to be a yardstick. So you can see what's in the guide. You can ask your dentist, do you follow the guide? So what's going to change? Joining us on the line, Dr. Mintu Basadi, uh, President of the Alberta Dental Association and College Council. Dr. Basadi, welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. All right, so why was this needed? Well, Alberta hasn't had a dental fee guide for 20 years, and this all started back in 2015 with a question to the minister in the uh, legislature. And at that time, she committed to doing a review of dental costs in Alberta. And a short time after that, she committed to uh, asking uh, the Alberta Dental Association College to sort of come into line with all the other provinces and to create a guide uh, for Albertans. And that's what's brought us uh, to this uh, doorstep here today. So uh, there was just a little piece earlier on in the, in the introduction. Um, this is actually not the Alberta government fee guide. I just want to clarify that. This is the Alberta Dental Association and College fee guide created for um, or by dentists for dentists. 
Okay, but was there some pressure from the province to do this? Well, of course. You know, uh, Minister Hoffman had indicated that she wanted Alberta to to do what the other provinces were doing, and we um, uh, uh, accepted that and and thought that was very reasonable. And then there also was a desire from the minister to try and, and bring Alberta costs um, um, you know, more into line with national averages. But our discussions in the past few months, the minister did hear from our membership and a lot of the people that we employ uh, to understand the fact that the, the economics uh, in Alberta, as in a lot of other professions and, and business in Alberta, uh, are different than other provinces. So, so she understood the, the economic challenges our practitioners face, especially with our high costs of, of sterilization and especially high staff costs compared to other provinces. Well, help us understand those differences because... Uh, the, the numbers uh, are a compelling story in and of themselves, that, that Albertans are paying on average 44% more for common dental procedures than the rest of the country. That, that seems like a lot. Well, that's kind of a misnomer. Uh, there's 1,600 codes in the fee guide, and, and you can pull out one or two and say those are 44% higher. But if you look at our new guide now, um, we're actually about 10 to 12% lower uh, than uh, uh, jurisdiction to our, uh, our west um, on a, a vast number of codes in restoratives and fillings that we do quite often. So uh, it's easy to pull one out and say it's kind of an outlier, but you need to look at it as an aggregate. And, you know, we could pull out another one that shows it the other way. So so that's something that kind of um, uh, is a bit of misrepresentation, misinformation. So it's kind of nice to look at it as an overall aggregate. Okay, well, well hang on a second, because the, the impetus behind the fee guide is to, to bring prices in Alberta more in line with what they are in the rest of the country, but you seem to be suggesting right there that, that they are kind of already in line with the rest of the country. Well, this, this document is very significant. Um, we uh, This is our 2018 guide, and if you look at it in comparison with what some of the other provinces have in 2017, we are starting to become more in line with them. And we have no idea what their 2018 guides would look like. I would imagine they would remain uh, either flat or, or possibly going up. Alberta is, is unique, and we're going in the other direction, right? We're, we're uh, lowering costs, and, um, and so I think that's, that's um, uh, good for the citizens of Alberta, and it's going to be a challenge for the dentists of Alberta. We, we're going to hear some, some concerns from our practitioners, but I think we've found the right balance here of trying to uh, give best value, but at the same time recognizing the economic challenges that our membership have. And, and we, we at the same time didn't want to create a situation where we were threatening or possibly jeopardizing the jobs of all those individuals we, that, we, um, that we employ. So, so what we've created here together in collaboration with government is a really stable um, uh, platform for dentists. So now going forward, they don't have to look over their shoulders as to uh, what's coming next. You know, the, 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 the sort of uh, uh, playing field has been, has been laid out, and now we're going to monitor it over the next year and see where we go. And that's what other provinces do. They monitor their fee guide every year and take a look at it and say what needs to happen, you know, in the following year. Okay. Well, and, and maybe there, there's there's two sides to the fee guide because there's the cost of the procedure itself that a, that a cleaning costs X number of dollars. But then there there are other fees that, like for example, a first visit fee. Uh, there's a, a a set rate for that. So how are those fees determined in the first place? How do you assign a value to a first visit fee? 
Well, so, I mean, this whole thing starts with the Canadian Dental Association. They're the ones who create the, the, all the different fee codes and descriptions and such that we, that we have. Um, and as a national organization, they are constantly reviewing that. And then as provincial organizations, as part of that, we get access to those codes and such. And with the way the fees here in Alberta were, were uh, looked at for the 2018 guide is the government did a survey of um, some 60 most commonly used codes, and they had published a document back in December of 2016 identifying sort of low, average, high costs uh, for those procedures. We do our own internal surveys all the time, and our average and the government average came out to be pretty close to the same, so it validated the, it validated the, um, um, the, the data. And then so when you hear, um, you know, 8% or 8.5% off those, um, that's the, the baseline that we used. And we actually even went a bit farther, and if you take a look at those average uh, prices and you look at our new 2018 fee guide, we actually even went higher and as high as 10 or 12 percent on some of those uh, introductory codes on, say, for example, uh, uh, a recall examination um, and such. So it, it, it really, the, the, the guide really needs to be looked at almost by a code-by-code code basis. But it's not binding, is it? I mean, a dentist, a protect, practitioner could look at this and say, well, that doesn't make sense for me. I'm going to keep my fees where they are. Uh, you're absolutely right. They have that ability, and that's something that was very important uh, when we had our discussions with the ministry. No other province has a has a binding fee guide or a fee schedule. Everyone has a a recommended guide, so it allows practitioners, especially here in Alberta when they haven't had anything for 20 years, it allows them the ability to, to look at their individual models and say, gosh, you know, on this code, I'm actually already below. On this code, I'm going to charge the fee guide. And perhaps on this code, I have to be 5% above or such because of my model. So it really forces them to take a peek and look at it. What we tend to see generally over a period of time, um, that fees do tend to clump around that guide, but you need to allow for competition. You need to allow for uh, innovation, and that's how fees continue to stay uh, affordable, but yet also allowing economic uh, viability for practices. What about the the role your association plays? Because uh, even the health minister has noted that you essentially represent dentists, almost uh, like a professional association or a union, but you're also the college responsible for, uh, for dealing with complaints and disciplining dentists. The health minister has suggested that depending how this plays out, they, she may review those dual roles. Are, are you comfortable with it? Yeah, the health minister hasn't said that for, for quite a while, um, and I think she's very comfortable with a dual role. We're one of 27 regulated uh, professions in the province that, that do the, the dual role, and I think the minister uh, sees us as a trusted partner, and we definitely see her and the Ministry of Health as trusted partners. And this model is not unique to Alberta. Uh, I think there's four provinces total in Canada that have the joint college and association model. And if we focus on what's best for the citizens of Alberta, um, it, it, it's not always, um, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, opposing what's best for the dentist of Alberta. Healthy economic practices allow dentists to provide high-quality uh, dental care, uh, access to care, and provide good jobs for, for our team members. So um, having dental offices that are economically healthy isn't counterproductive to um, the, the, the interests of the citizens of Alberta. What about for low-income Albertans? Uh, are, is there certain coverage that exists through the government uh, for dental coverage, and, and how are, are dentists uh, obliged to deal with, with that? 
Uh, absolutely, Rob. So the government has uh, many social services programs, um, some for seniors, some for uh, low-income uh, families, uh, some for low uh, families of low in- uh, children of low-income families, uh, for the um, uh, severely handicapped. So there's a number of different programs. And the dentists of Alberta uh, provide all those services at about a 40% discount. So, so that's something that we do as our uh, commitment to the citizens of Alberta and, and as part of working with our trusted partner with the government. We do a lot of those services at, at a deep discount. Um, and the, the qualifications for those programs is just based on government um, uh, income standards. Um, so that's, that those programs are there. One unique uh, um, uh, statistic, actually, that, that uh, um, uh, needs to be shared is we did a review of those programs with government recently, and it shows that utilization in those programs is about 45%. So that means there's about 55% of Albertans who may qualify for, for government programs um, that aren't utilizing them. So we and, and uh, the Ministry of Health have committed to, to trying to uh, f- uh, find improved ways of communicating that kind of information to the citizens who may qualify for those programs. Okay, so going forward then, uh, what, what is the minister hoping to see? And I guess more to the point, what do you hope to see? How do we judge whether or not this is working, whether this has been a success? So we've committed to working with uh, the government of Alberta and the Ministry of Health and the minister and her senior team uh, as trusted partners. We've committed to actually committing, uh, creating a... Uh, um, a uh, stewardship committee, which will, will uh, working forward, uh, look at um, monitoring uh, the results of this fee guide, and we'll we'll talk to other trusted partners and stakeholders. Um, and but we're going to do best practices uh, like other provinces do, where they publish an annual fee guide. But through the year, they sort of look at it and monitor it and, and see what um, the economic realities uh, are at. And then as they get towards the you know towards the end of the, the year, they start looking at what the next year's guide will look at. So, so it's a living document that, that needs to reflect um, the economics and the cost of producing those services for our members, but also uh, best value for the citizens of Alberta. What flexibility do dentists have to communicate to their patients or potential patients that, look, we follow the fee guide here, or our rates are even below the fee guide here? Are they allowed to do so? Boy, I was hoping you'd ask me that question. <laughs> so dentists in Alberta are totally free to advertise um, their fees in any electronic or written format they want. The only things they have to do is they have to be clear, they can't be misleading, they can't be disingenuous, Uh, but if they wanted to say, for a recall exam, I charge $67, Perfect. You can uh, advertise that till the cows come home. Um, and you can advertise one, two, five, ten, twenty, thirty, however many codes that you want. You just have to be clear. You have to be consistent. And it has to be understandable so you're not misleading the public. Um, the only thing that you're not allowed to do is to have time limited um, um, discounts because what the danger there is people may delay necessary treatment hoping for a deal to come up and then they, their situation becomes worse or they get uh, horrific infections. So that's why there's no uh, option to do a time-limited discount, but you can discount it. And if you discount it permanently, then that's your permanent fee. Advertise it uh, to your heart's content. And we think that's a a wonderful thing if practitioners do want to do that. And that'll help create competition as well. Okay. Well, that's an important point to end on. Uh, Dr. Basadi, thank you so much for joining us here today. Appreciate this. Thank you for your time. Have a great day. You too. Dr. Mintu Basadi, president of the Alberta Dental Association and College Council. What do you make of all of this? Let's take a quick uh, break here. We'll come back. Your thoughts, your calls, your texts. Stay with us.
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.